This year, move the dirt and make an impact by signing up for Power Athlete Program to crush your goals. Join our tens of thousands of athletes around the globe already empowering their performance as power athletes. For less than a dollar a day, get our world-class coaching delivered straight to the palm of your hand. Our programming is performance-driven and goal-oriented. Finally tuned through my first-hand experience playing the NFL and subsequent decade-long coaching and collaborating with some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. As a special time offer for the month of January, Hey Upfront for a full year of training will give you a free 15-minute consult with myself or one of the crew, plus your choice of nutrition protocol, putting you on the best path for success. Visit powerathlete.com forward slash training and start today. Those who start tomorrow never get shit done. Start fucking today. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. The problem is it's, uh, Joe Rogan's uh, memory is way better than mine, since he's just smoked a lot of pot, <laughs> which has allowed his memory to flourish and almost grow like a potted house plant. And also, uh, Jamie, well, Jamie's just really quick on shit. I mean, you know, Jamie's like text squared times 10 and then, and then a hundred points smarter and better on the computer. I, I want to take this computer away. Oh, you don't want to be the, uh, I want to stop fact checking you and we can put that on Charles. <laughs> Charles can only do one thing. And we still haven't figured out what that one thing is. He's like, what was, what was the movie with Billy Crystal? Where Jesus he's like, Christ. one thing. Um, Rough Riders? City Slickers? City Slickers. Uh, city slickers I, knew, yeah. I knew it was two words. I'm just kidding on that one. But you remember, yeah, City Slickers. He's like, you got to be good at one thing. You got to find that one thing. He's like, what is it? It's different for everybody. So we just haven't found what Charles' one thing is. Is it growing a beard? There's a lot of guys that are good at that. Uh, you know, the internet is full of dudes whose entire shtick, mantra, their identity is around the beard. And that makes me a little nervous. If the greatest thing that defines you is your beard, I just got to think you got to keep searching. You just offended half the United States military. <sighs> so what you're saying is that the only reason that they're in the military they're is to grow a beard? beard. I said only half. Well, no, the veterans... So in the military, the only guys that oh, are allowed to have beards. Yeah, the only guys that are allowed to have beards were relaxed grooming standards were for like um, SOCOM. <laughs> Badass and, dudes. Well, for guys that were, you know, tier one, Kevin, you know, uh, got relaxed grooming standards. Everybody else, clean shaven. <laughs> so excuse me. Mm-hmm. You just offended the veteran community. Yes. 100%. <laughs> all of them. As a military yeah. spouse, I am I'm well, quite I mean, offended. Uh, look at the guys from Black Rifle Coffee. They all have beards, but they all got weak chins. Not Evan. Oh, <laughs> Evan, how, how would you know if Evan has a, has a strong chin? I've never seen him unshaven. I don't know. Get him on the podcast. Yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll text him. Okay. He, he sends me like a weekly dick pic. I don't know. It's usually not his dick, but it's weird. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's like a Twizzler. Um, oh, shit. Hey, guys. What's happening? Sorry. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, you've tuned into the premier podcast on strength and conditioning. <laughs> Uh, where we mid conversation, yeah, where we, we just drop you in mid conversation <laughs> into our fucking rants, and we are in, have the pleasure of having our nutrition ninjas join us so we can hammer out a few of these nutrition questions 
uh, that hit the hotline and also to just percolate in through the different uh, streams of contact that we get. I mean, it's text messages, DMs, Instagrams, emails. And we have uh, training programs with feeds, team feeds, daily feeds. I mean, there are so many different inputs, outputs in terms of trying to reach out to us that if you can't get a hold of us, you ain't trying. No, you ain't trying. I mean, the only thing that I'm not responding to is smoke signals. So if you're on a hillside with a fire and a wool blanket, we're probably not going to see those. Maybe. Depends Maybe. on where they are. Yeah. Local. Well, today's question came from a consultation oh. that I recently took from an individual that signed up for an annual training membership. You mean you did a consultation with him? Uh-huh. Okay. Or he did a consultation with, with I. With we? No, with me. No, you. Yeah. Okay. And along so, with his annual training. Well, let's give a little background. So for the month of January, we've been doing a, uh, a deal where if you sign up for a year in advance, do the, the, you know, the once a year big sign up, you get to basically get uh, pay for 10 months, get two months free. And in the month of January, we're giving you a 15 minute consult with a power athlete coach individuals on this podcast, Sam and Rob, myself and Tex. Mm-hmm. And we also get a nutrition template of that your choice. Correct. And the the individual in question. Well, he, what was good is for the first couple, Texas dove right on the grenade like I'd like to see him do. He'd yeah. like, hey, I'll take care of all these. Because I just think you're feeling lonely and just want to talk to people. Well, it's so cold in here, I need to get on the phone <laughs> just to get outside the office well, and dude, get some sunlight. I walked out of the office yesterday to go uh, to go up to the house. I had to uh, take a call with Cashy Zendo. And like Texas like wandering around in the pasture. I'm like, you okay? Like I, I didn't know if like he was getting bad news. Uh, you know, like I, I just didn't know what was going on. Like normally, and he's like, "Come on, a consult." I'm like, "Oh, smart to walk around in the sun, not in this Arctic frigid where we are right now." Yes, and working on that, it yeah, and part of it aligned with their training. This particular individual, Jack Streeter for life. Mm. However, two point five year old son mm. keeps him up at night, disturbing sleep, and then Those selfish sons of bitches. Line, yeah, in line with that is uh, Alaska native, so not a lot of sun. So Does he still live in Alaska? Uh-huh. Feeling the effects of lack of sunlight. Don't you find it a little odd, like just like the mental thought of like the dude in like the dark Alaska, you know, they get like 20 hours of darkness, four hours of sunshine, just in his garage or a small gym, subarctic temperatures, and the guy just wants to fucking slay Jack Street. And he's got a two-year-old that's just crying, killing his sleep because it's always dark. I mean, how much vitamin D a day is that guy taking? Like 100,000 I use? Not enough. Not enough. And he he has the wherewithal through following Power Athlete Radio training programs to realize Jack Street, at this moment in my life, I need to switch to Grindstone. Mm. Making an intelligent training decision. And that was part of the consult. So he signed up for a year of Grindstone knowing... All right, this is where I am in, with, in my life with my young child. You know, the, uh, I mean, Rob and Sam, both parents, like myself, uh, the one interesting thing about kids is they are more than happy to throw a monkey wrench in things like vacations, uh, date night, and training times. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam, how many times have you been like, hey, I'm going to get this training in today, and then it just all goes out the window, and it's like 10 o'clock at night, and you're like, ooh, I totally forgot to train, and I forgot to shower, and oh. make lunches. Oh, shit. Yeah, I had a client this morning come and he brought his 
So we had a nine-month-old and a two-year-old in the gym, and he's trying to get in his session. And so I'm just like holding like three kids. It was very awkward, but he got in his session. I don't know when I'm gonna get to train, but <laughs> there needs to be like a tip there jar needs at the to gym be because oh, I was just thinking of it as like an isometric hold. You know, I'm like I am so <laughs> jacked right now, isometric hold. I had a 30 pound because he's like the biggest 11 month old. And then Isla's about 18. So I just switched sides, like mm. uneven farmer walk, you, you know. No, I, uh, it's amazing. Um, so the, the story my mom loves to remind Silver me lining. of, uh, I was uh, like a 10 and a half pound baby and I was 30 pounds at six months. Mm. So my mom uh, like took yeah. me to the doctor and the doctor like flipped out. Like, First of all, you're going to hurt your back. And second of all, uh, people were like, why are you pushing that kid around in the stroller? He should be walking. So uh, my mom's yeah. like, she's like, I never felt as strong when I had to pick you up 100 times a day. So she, here we are 40 plus years later and she's still reminding, you remember how big you were? I had to pick you up. I'm like, I got you, mom. Don't worry about it. And <laughs> uh, part of the question within the consult, like we aligned our training. And with with the <laughs> annual training, you receive a nutrition protocol Would you give with him? the consultation. Well, he wanted to do keto, and mm. I felt that was the most appropriate because he still has muscle goals, but we're not necessarily getting after. Like leaning didn't necessarily sound where he was today. Bulking, he's certainly not yeah. hitting the training volume to match the caloric intake. So we aligned with keto as the goal in some of his questions right off the bat. Like he's, he's an experienced carnivore diet mm -hmm. and just limiting his carbs. But he was curious on the, the carb cycling within the keto protocol and just, Hey man, where do I get started with meals? Like what, what are some meal prep tips? You mean for the keto or for the, or, or for the carb explosion that is your weekends? Well, the, <laughs> the experience of both. So aligning meal prep during the week and then a hey, what's in balance. What is in bounds in terms of carbs on weekends? Oh, so opening this man. up to the team here as well, what is the experience on the protocol? All how do, how should he get started? Because this is new to him as well, coming from a you know, a soft paleo sure. typical approach. Well, I mean, uh the first time when Dr. De Pasquale, I mean nineteen ninety nine, throws me this diet, uh, we did, I think it was probably better part of like I want to say, I mean, we, we have it in terms of what, like a 10 day kind of a acclimation period, but I think we did a month. So it was, uh, pretty much like 40% protein and then the rest made up in fat. And, uh, I did that for, for weeks. And then all of a sudden, uh, like he hit me and was like, uh, I remember he, he called me or sent me an email and it was like, Hey, tomorrow after you train, I want you to get up or, uh, yeah, tomorrow I want you to train. I don't want you to eat anything. So I want you to fast, get a good workout in fast. And then I want you to go find the best Italian restaurant you can. And I want you just to like order everything and go ham. And um, so I sat down and I ordered like this big thing, like pasta for two with meatballs and like a pizza. <laughs> and I'm sitting at this little table by myself and the lady's like, oh, are you, you know, like I order. And she's like, well, should I wait for the other people to come before I bring the food? And I'm like, no, it's just for me. And this lady that like, gives me big eyes. And like to the point where she like went in the back and like got like the, uh, her mom bored. You need a magazine. Like, yeah, well, no. Okay. So, you know, the, the story is I'm living in Philadelphia. I tear my, I rupture my patellar tendon. So I'm like by myself, I'm rehabbing. And th this might even have been in 2000. So this might've been off season. This wasn't during the season. Um, 
you know, uh, like my girlfriend lives back in California, I'm living by myself. It's dark. Uh, it's Philly. Um, the rest of the team hadn't come back yet. They don't come back till March. So this is probably like late February. Uh, I roll in and I do this and, uh, the lady's like, okay. So she starts bringing this food and I started eating and I, it was like the funniest thing in that I started like, as I was eating, not getting full. So I ate through all this pasta, all these, uh, big meatballs, hammered this whole pizza. And I was like, you get anything else? So she just kept bringing food. And at first I was like, oh, I'm fine. And then I just started sweating. Like to the point where like I had to take my jacket off. I didn't know if I was going to have a heart attack or what was going to go on to the point where the lady was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, just keep bringing it. So I started, just keep eating. And then uh, I decided it was probably like me a four or five block walk home. Pretty cold out. I walked home without my jacket on and still sweating. Got home, brushed my teeth, laid down in bed and had this like, like weird, like feeling of like, Full, not full, weird sleep. And I woke up and uh, the next morning I got up and I looked in the mirror and I was visibly leaner than I was the the, uh, the day before and uh, felt great. And so I hit up Doc and I'm like, hey, do I keep eating carbs? He's like, no, we'll start with one day. And we ended up figuring out for me personally, because we did two days, we kind of played with it, that like one or two big carb meals was more than enough for me. Now on the, on the protocol, we don't have the ability to kind of fine tune it. So it's five days with two days of carbs and we switch it and we put it all together for you. But for me personally, it was usually a, a pretty decent lunch and a big dinner of carbs uh, on Saturday after fasting. And then Sunday I just go, I would kind of fast in the morning and just go back to my normal diet. So, but for me, uh, I just went all out, but I was also in my early twenties and didn't necessarily, uh, you know, have any kind of pre-existing gut conditions today, I don't think I could handle that uh, week in and week out. So I think really it comes down to like when I, when I did it uh, for 22 Jack Street, I think I used uh, white rice and sweet potatoes for the majority of my carbs. So, so how do you guys coach people through it? That was my experience. Well, I would say uh, it really kind of depends on the person, you know, like you were just talking about, John, your experience was that you could kind of, you know, being in your early twenties, you could go and eat that then and probably be okay. And I think it just kind of depends. I've done something similar to that, um, like a carb refeed. And, and I will say that, that I chose that to be something that, that I enjoyed like pizza or hamburgers or whatever. And, and quite frankly, it was glorious. And then I had a similar experience to you where the next day you just wake up and you kind of look jacked and lean, uh, just cause your muscles are soaking all that up. And I think, you know, given that this particular individual is just kind of coming off a carnivore and things like that, he may want to probably side a little bit more towards something that's a little less, um, processed and maybe go more for, uh, potatoes, rice, anything that he can tolerate just, uh, just cause it's, going from straight, you know, meat filet mignon all the time to, to, uh, adding in some carbs, it might be a little better to go with more natural type sources. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like on any protocol when you have, you know, maybe a they not tracked or, um, I hate the term cheat meal, but, um, like some of my clients I'll give, Hey, two days a week, you just have a calorie goal instead of, hitting specific macros. And so it's a little bit more relaxed on those days, but you still, you know, don't always want to go. Not everyone can handle, um, big things of pasta and 
like Rob said, those processed foods. So if you really want to push the needle and you know, you're not a big NFL football player, I would still choose those more whole foods um, and good food sources just as a general rule every day of your life. Um, well, we also have that um, power athlete pizza was another good one I used to make. Uh, I know. Yeah, Ingo, there's a couple pizzas up there yeah. now. Yeah, uh, the one that I used to make. Uh, I know Ingo has gone off and like remade it like a hundred times. Probably way better than mine. But uh, that was pretty good. But I mean, uh, to this day, I mean, for carb refeeds, at least for me, um, I'll cook just uh, big sweet potatoes and uh, mm-hmm. strip them all down, mash them all up, and you know, put some like a uh, little bit of brown sugar, a little bit of butter. And then put them back with like a couple pecans on top and then just throw them in and broil them for a little bit. That to me is a awesome refeed and something that's very, very simple to do. Um, but if you want to, you know, put your feet to the fire and you want to go out and find some some pizza and go out and do it right. I mean, that was the way Marl originally prescribed it. Like, you know, you get, you know, you follow this diet, you've been super strict, go out and see it. And I remember the first, uh, after the first time we did it, he, he uh, made something funny. He's like, hey, I want you to do the carb refeed. I want you to wait 20 minutes. And if you go in and I uh, like go in and look in the mirror and if you don't look bloated, I want you to add another meal and I want you to keep adding meals until you start to bloat out. So for me, the first meal I didn't bloat, but after the second meal, I'd start to bloat was where I cut it. And as long as I stayed lean or I couldn't see it where like all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, I feel so descended. And you see like, you know, face bloat. Because if you think about um, when you're doing this diet, you, you, you do shed water. And then all of a sudden the carbs pack a bunch of water back in the cell. So it's not necessarily like you're putting on weight. You're just basically revolumizing the cell with some water. What are some keys to success to following any nutrition protocol? Like having a nutrition coach that can keep you on task. Well, that's nutrition coaching. But then there's still there the empowered individual that can read a spreadsheet that is intelligent enough and willing to follow a protocol. What can we tell them to put them in a position to succeed? Uh, I think preparation is is certainly one of the big keys. Um, and I think, you know, Sam will probably expand on this a little bit. But, uh, you know, you want to set yourself up for success by uh, making sure that you have, you know, the right tools in the pantry. Um, you know, especially if you're going leaning protocol or keto protocol, you probably want to go through your panty pantry, sorry, not panties. That would be a little weird, but, uh, your pantry and, uh, you know, make sure you're kind of getting out, uh, I know you're that, hiding the sugar, Rob. Well, in the panties, I mean, isn't that the place to go? Um, anyway, uh, you know, you want to get those things out of your, your pantry that's going to you know, call to you, right? Because especially if you're going on something that's kind of restrictive, like keto, uh, those things just start to call to you. I know if uh, my daughter's in Girl Scouts now, and she's going to, we're going to start this whole cookie thing. And uh, if cookies, if Girl Scout cookies are in the house, they're going to call to me, I'm going to eat the shit out of them until they're gone. But so you want to make sure you get some of those things out. I think uh, Sam's got some ideas around the pantry that, that she can expand on. Yeah. So like getting things out of your pantry, but also getting things in. Um, so if you, uh, and meal tracking or doing a food diary can actually uh, help you identify this. If you realize like, Oh, I really enjoy snacking or I, you know, I'm a person that craves sweets or I'm a person that craves savory foods, kind of identifying what your trigger foods are. Um, cause being a female, I know there are times of the month where if girl scout cookies are in the 
pantry. Like most of the time I'm like, no, I'm not a sweet person. I am salty all the way. Like French fries, potato chips, don't put them in front of me. But, um, you know, around my period, if I, if there are cookies, I'm like, give me the whole sleeve. Um, so just kind of, and, and that's from tracking and knowing my body, which is a great thing. Um, and important for you to do, especially if you're on a protocol, but, uh, I'm off topic. So, (laughs) uh, planning some meals and doing some bulk meal prep. So if you are, you know, hungry, you have something that fits in your plan, ready to go in the fridge. Um, so cut up vegetables, frozen vegetables are really easy to throw in the microwave and they're still a good quality product. Um, and Rob, I think you have a whole blog on this, right? About how to food prep. Mm -hmm. So prepping your chicken, your ground beef, whatever protein you have, like very plain. And then when you go to reheat it, that's when you can add, you know, Italian seasoning, Mexican seasoning, um, different sauces and all of that to kind of make it exciting um, when you're prepping your, your meals. Um, Is uh, like our sauces and some of those extra things, are those kind of like a, a bit of a, uh, like a pitfall, like a trap, you know, like, um, uh, like whenever we go to uh, Whole Foods, um, you know, cause obviously, uh, it's kind of funny, cashy like salad. And I think it's cause of the salad dressing. So we started buying all that primal <laughs> kitchen stuff, which has got like zero carbs. But as you go through the salad dressings, the, uh, the range of like, of range. calories and like caloric load, it's like you pick up one, you're like, oh, this has no carbs in it. And then you pick up another one. You're like, oh, this has got 50 grams of carbs per teaspoon. And you're like, uh, you know, Mark's Primal Kitchen, it's got, you know, maybe, you know, 75 calories. I looked at another one, the same serving was like 350 calories. So I think, uh, you know, when you're looking at doing some, uh, you know, some different things to put on there, like make sure you take a look at what's in the bottle and just be like, oh, this looks pretty good. Let me cover this in ranch. Yeah. You have to be careful too. Cause a lot of products are, you know, fat free or whatever, but they are replacing that fat with fat. That's either the certain kind of fat that your body can't actually digest. Um, or they're replacing it with carbs, other sugars to give the flavor. So, uh, I like to, if you're going to eat something, I recommend eating it full fat or just going with olive oil and vinegar. Um, but still monitoring it. Cause if you grab, I don't know if you've ever looked at balsamic vinegar, there's a ton of sugar and carbs in that. Um, but back to meal tracking, which is like the best way to start even before doing a protocol is just give yourself a weak baseline before, you know, cause then you know it to change. Um, but you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but a tablespoon of balsamic has a, a lot of sugar in it. Um, so just knowing, but things like lemons, uh, any sort of citrus, fresh herbs, seasonings, um, like tactic calories are really good. Oh, I don't yeah. think their sauces probably aren't super, uh, friendly, but their seasonings are out of this world. Yeah. No, I, I haven't really dug into on their, on their sauces. No, just no, fire just salt came out with some like, yeah, fire salt. I stole a lot of those from summer strong. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Why? They were free. They were on the table. Yeah, yeah they were free. they were going to throw them away. Yeah. And on top of it, I cooked a bunch. And some. <laughs> yeah, you don't remember Summer Strong last year? Uh, Casey set up that big thing and we were flipping those huge sides of like, of. Uh, you don't remember that? Uh, I was off networking. Oh, no, that was at hands. night. That was the yeah, flip-flop Yeah, that was at guy. night. I was cooking. The flip-flop guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
That was it was amazing. several drinks in. It was so good. Yeah, no, uh, summer strong's always a good time. It's always a good time. Yeah. Have they yeah. come out with dates this year yet? Uh, it's always in it's in May. May around May. the twentieth. Yeah, it's always two in. weeks. Yeah, I, I actually have the date. I t- talked to one of their dudes. Um, Thank you. Well, Mike. yeah, back to it. Well, explain the the protocol experience. <laughs> like, if I am the user, what is this experience? We have okay. I set up. A, I've tracked my own yeah. calories of my normal diet. Now I'm ready to start this. Is it this spreadsheet experience? Like, do I need a calculator, a weight scale? Like, what do I need to to put myself in position to follow this on the line? Um, on the line, I huh? think our protocol experience is really great, uh, especially for fifty dollars because you get a fact sheet, the protocol spreadsheet, um, like the what to eat, and then kind of an document on how to use the protocol that answers a ton of common questions. Um, and the protocol is super cool. Cause you can put in, Hey, I want, you know, three meals. Um, I'm going to eat before I train. I'm going to eat after I train. Uh, I have a, a shake or not a shake. And it's, so it's pretty customizable in the form of a $50 protocol, but um, food scale would be ideal measuring spoons um measuring cups measuring spoons what else rob um some way to track your progress like are you going to take pictures of yourself are you going to step on a body weight scale are you going to judge it off of certain lifts getting stronger um like how are you going to know that you're progressing and and it's working one of the bigger pitfalls i've encountered is uh people under I guess, or maybe overestimating, because uh, we have a kind of set to activity levels. So are you breaking rocks? And we kind of go through, I think sometimes people overshoot how much they really do. Like, uh, you know, and whenever people hit me up and they're like, hey, these numbers aren't working for me. I'm like, well, what do you do? Oh, I was putting, you know, at the highest energy output, but I sit at a desk for 10 hours. But I do work hard mm-hmm. for one hour in the gym. And I'm like, ah, it's not like that. So I think that's another one and being able to actually accurately assess uh, you know, what your activity level is outside the gym over the course of the day. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely uh, one of the things that that gets people in the beginning of something like that is they absolutely do overestimate how much that they do. And, and like, I think that especially in like the protocols, you know, whatever you think you are, you should probably go at least one less than that, right? At least one less. And then eventually kind of see how that works. You know, you, I think another thing that, that sets people up for success is a little bit of reflection each week on how the week went, how well did I adhere to the spreadsheet? How well did I do all these things? And then also if things aren't, aren't necessarily moving, be able to, to, to make an adjustment here or there. And, and, and really the activity is probably one of those places that they could make the adjustment because most of us, uh, really overestimate how much how much we do because most of us are not out there breaking rocks every day. Mm-hmm. So. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Yeah. Huberman from the Huberman Institute had an interesting podcast or piece of the podcast that they looked at uh, total energy expenditure of people that were fidgeters versus people that were not. And it was mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Like, I, it's something I never really thought of, you know, because I'm sitting here bouncing my knee. My dad would put my hand, his hand on my knee and be like, stop bouncing. Like, don't fidget. 
And uh, like I always am like moving my seat, fidgeting as much as possible. But I just thought that that was really the first time I'd ever seen people be like, uh, there's a reason that uh, like you would never think that constant fidgeting would necessitate like, you know, the difference between people being, you know, overweight and people being thin, It you know, uh, assuming that mm-hmm. uh, calories were equated properly. But it makes a huge difference. And then when you start looking at the templates, like, you know, if you realistically sit like we're sitting here for eight hours a day and, you know, hit the gym for short periods of time, park in a garage, go get, you know, drive everywhere. And I mean, your energy total in terms of that fidgeting, uh, just using that piece is really almost eye opening a little bit. So whenever people run into it, like, oh, this feels like too many calories. I'm like, back it down, back it down. I mean, just a 45 mm-hmm. minute CrossFit class or, you know, going in and thrusting your face off of pull-ups you're not really burning that much opposed from somebody that's on their feet. You know, like you said, breaking rocks, doing manual labor. Um, you know, I, I went out and I cut trees last weekend and like, dude, you're out there for like eight hours. I come in and I'm like, I'm fucking way more tired than if I hit the gym just for the fact that I'm out there, you know, working a chainsaw and, you know, dragging trees and doing all this stuff. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, like we were talking about the fidgeting thing, you know, it all contributes to that total daily energy, energy expenditure. And, and, you know, uh, that's also something to watch out for. If you stop fidgeting, you know, eventually if you're kind of, if you've been in, a, in some sort of caloric deficit for a very long time, you'll stop fidgeting, you'll stop moving because your body's trying to say, Hey, whoa, hold on. We're, we're, we're going too far here. So, you know, that if you can kind of be present enough to see, Hey, I was a fidgeter for a while. I would sit here, you know, if I'm sitting at my desk, my, you know, my knees going, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now I'm not, that, that's probably a sign you need to start maybe, uh, you know, up in the, up in the calories and getting into more of a maintenance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just, looking out for those signs, uh, as you move along through this journey. I mean, as you're doing this, especially if you're doing it on your own and you don't have a coach, uh, you do, you kind of, it's on you to kind of watch out for some of these things that, that can be pitfalls or, uh, you know, you, you go too far with things. And the next thing you know, you're just getting hangry all the time and eating everything and you just rebound. So, you know, as a, you've got to be, you got to be a little bit present. You got to be able to, to check yourself, as you as you go along so uh my advice is usually just go to bed early that feels like where everybody makes bad decisions with their diet is as time goes on it's like after nine o'clock like if you can like like eat your dinner at like five or six hang out for a little bit do whatever watch tv you know like you know whatever your your uh um you know your construct looks like and if you can start like working to bed around 8 30 and get your kids down if you have them and then if you're like pretty much like out of the kitchen, maybe in bed around nine o'clock, you're fine. I find that for me, like that was a huge thing. If, uh, if I stayed up late, like I would just like start wandering around the kitchen looking for shit to eat. And like, oh, I'm going to have this and this. And next thing you know, you're like, fuck, he's totally fucking crushed 500 calories, which could be the difference in the deficit. So, uh, and I know yeah. people think like, oh, one day doesn't really matter. But if you equate out and we do the math, you can pretty much like if you, uh, you know, let's say you're a 2,500 calorie a day guy and you're in the deficit by 500 and then all of a sudden on the weekend you smash it and you go over, it's pretty easy to show people like, Hey, one or two days of fucking up after being good for five is going to really just slow down, uh, any of the gains we've made and potentially negate any of the positives that we've done Monday through Friday. Yeah. And I think this is probably a different podcast topic. Um, but having a sleep routine or some like practicing some good sleep hygiene, that's going to push the needle and body recomposition almost more so than your training. And like, it's going to be the, where nutrition and training meet is going to happen in your sleep. Um, 
So things like not looking at your phone um, before bed, like using like blue light blockers, taking, I, you know, I take my magnesium, I drink my magnesium at night and then I brush my teeth and that's like the final, nothing else is going to, I'm not going to eat anything else. Um, And then I don't look at my, I try not to look at my phone and it helps you have a more restful sleep to rebuild everything that you worked hard for in the gym that day. Hmm. I like the idea of just so. brushing your teeth early because yeah, after I brush my teeth, I don't want to eat. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I no. tell my kids all the time. Like, have you ever had orange juice after brushing teeth? Uh, any, mm-hmm. Anything after anything. brushing teeth. Yeah. I no. remember as a kid, you like brush your teeth and drink your orange. Oh, terrible. No, I'm, I'm with you. That's why I'm like uh, yelling at my kids, uh, which it's funny because uh, I never <laughs> remember my parents yelling at us to brush our teeth and shower. And I feel like I yell at my kids every single day. Did you brush your teeth? Have you showered? Like it just feels like automatic. But then I think we probably were, you know, uh, fucking bad breath, stinky kids too. So maybe that's just like uh, the parental <laughs> thing. Did you, did you brush your teeth? And my daughter, like I asked her, I'm like, hey, is there, you know, like I, I asked her, I'm like, hey, everything good? And anything you want to talk about? She's like, yeah, I'm really tired of you fucking harassing me about brushing my teeth. I'm like, then brush your fucking teeth. She's like, I do. So it's uh, it's turned into this almost like... <laughs> Uh, like habit, but all right. Yeah. So our pal in Alaska, keto, keto. <laughs> uh, I don't think we need to help him with his protein meals, but equate out calories. And then when you go, uh, I don't know what they have in Alaska for carbs. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's like everything else. There's probably, I mean, I've never been to Alaska, so I can't speak. It's not like going to Hawaii where you're like, I think I'm going to eat all this fruit. Spam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember like the uh in on seinfeld when they did the jerry fusilli where the uh, the artist did like jerry out of uh fusilli mm-hmm. we're just gonna do a text out of spam and i'm throwing it out into the universe because i'm gonna say it somebody's gonna listen to the podcast and they're gonna carve you out of spam go for it Jell- <laughs> Hold. I mean, so that I, will last forever spam I, doesn't go bad i got a dm from a guy yesterday who listened to the podcast where we talked about doing a uh, like a remembrance deus de, deus de las muertas altar but doing it around st patrick's day so he carved me like a like a little like a, almost looking like um uh like almost like a leprechaun gremlin head and he's like hey i want to send this to you for your altar i'm like great send it we'll put it in the podcast room so yeah no if you put it out in the universe there's a good chance that we will get a spam text okay i'm just amazed i'm just gonna wonder well they're gonna have to go to costco and buy a bunch of spam so like how big is this statue I don't know. I remember Jerry Fasili was like this tall. It was kind of little, so we just don't need to. Well, that old Italian man sat on it. That's what I remember from the episode. Yeah, you remember? Yeah. Did he, the yeah. couch peer guy? Yeah. Am he, I connect? Is that the same episode or am yeah. I like. Yeah, that's the one. And he just gets basically. <laughs> couch peer. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, cell phone or uh, Seinfeld's a great show. All right. Uh, all right. So ask and answered. Uh, if you need more help, you can always reach out to the hotline, 929-464-464. 929-ing-ing. Zero. All right. You got it. So reach out to the hotline. If you got any questions for Nutrition Ninjas, nutrition at powerathletehq.com. And if you're into training, powerathletehq slash training. And if, if you sign up for one year And if you sign training, up for one year. Two months off plus all. a protocol, nutrition after following your consultation, we put you in the best position to succeed, yeah. training and. And you, you don't really have to do anything, Jiggy. All you have to do is buy it. We get a spreadsheet that uploads every day. And uh, we get to see who converts and all that. And then we reach out to you, set up the consult. 
and we go from there. So if you got any more questions, hit us up. You know how to get a hold of us. See you. Bye. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!